Tonight is going to be awesome, lots and lots of fun, a um, lot of things going on tonight. And uh, I, I, um, I'm actually going to be joined here in a moment by a, uh, a very special guest for Oakley last Wednesday, somebody who's been hanging out on the weekends and teaching, um, strong teaching on the weekends from this guy, for sure, for sure. And for um, a couple months, Ryan has been kind of doing a road show, really, kind of engaging Mason and Florence at last Wednesdays, and so we've missed him here in Oakland, so I knew he'd be here tonight because we're doing baptisms, and I just wanted to give you some time and space to just encourage specifically this, uh, this team in Oakland. This is an awesome team, and this is an amazing uh, it's an exciting team. night, so what do, you, what do you have for us? I have, well, first of all, you know, we, we announced, gosh, I don't know, a year or so ago that uh, Chuck was going to be campus pastor of Oakley, just as um, Terry Phillips was campus pastor of Florence, and Mark is campus pastor of Mesa. I know a lot of people thought, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. I don't know that impacts me that much. Well, it actually has, as you've seen here in Oakley. Chuck has really taken leadership of Oakley, and he is doing an amazing job, is he not? Yes, amazing, amazing, amazing. So actually, some of my uh, fondest times in ministry are when I sort of get to have the controls of what happens here on last Wednesday, because uh, the environment in here, the people who are drawn to last Wednesday uh, here at Oakley is a really special thing. And those of you who have been around a while know that there's just something really cool that happens in this room. Uh, Florence is, is a newer community, so they don't necessarily have their um, cohesion together yet. Mason, it's very difficult for them to actually gather for last Wednesday. In fact, I was going to be there a couple uh, last last Wednesday, yeah. but they couldn't have it because um, they couldn't get to school. And uh, actually, their next last Wednesday is also not going to be able to happen because they can't get to school. So it's, we have more and more data why we have got to get our Mason campus their own permanent building. Yeah. Uh, and that's a priority for us. Yeah. It really is. But it's really been fun as I've been going around to, uh, to Florence, and I wish I could have gone to Mason, but I couldn't have. God is doing really great things inside of the church and the movement that we call Crossroads. People are coming from all different kinds of backgrounds to connect here. People are coming from no church background, uh, Catholic church background, uh, hyper-conservative fundamentalist background, uh, Buddhism, Hinduism, all over the place saying, who, 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 what does a healthy church look like and, and who is Jesus? And if I could hear about him in a language that I can understand and see the church at work, I might be open to that. And we're seeing People not only being open to that, but people receiving it. And we're seeing our base of ministry, this thing called Crossroads, get deeper and deeper and wider and wider. There's an old song that we did in Sunday school. You know, I did Zacchaeus was yes. a wee little Deep man, a wee little man was he. Here's another <laughs> one from Sunday school blowback. Deep and wide, deep and wide, there's a fountain flowing. Deep and wide. That's right. Yeah. Hmm and wide. <laughs> hmm and wide. You're the hmms. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there is. So uh, it's really, really fun to see what's happening. And I just want to encourage you, anytime you have the opportunity to see what God is doing outside of Crossroads, go and do that. And anytime you have the opportunity to see what God is doing outside of Crossroads, Oakley, go and do that. I know we took the staff recently down to uh, CityLink. And we're really amazed. Uh, over half the staff had never been to CityLink. And we're amazed at what's happening down there. And probably, uh, I guess, I bet in here, probably 60, 70% of you have not been to CityLink. 
Probably 60, 70% of you have not been to Florence. 60, 70% of you have not been to Mason. Not that you need to. It's not like this is some obligation we all have who call Oakley our campus. This is my family's campus because we live closer to this campus than anywhere else. We live in Mount Lookout. But I just encourage you, if you can get outside of the Oakley environment and see what God's doing inside of our church and other locations, I think you'll be really, really encouraged. And Because I know I am. And yes. we're going to be really encouraged tonight because we have a crazy crazy number of baptisms happening tonight. 80, 80 plus people getting baptized tonight. Unbelievable. Largest ever for last Wednesday for sure. I, I mean, honestly, I know Crossroads is a big church, but to have 80 people get baptized, folks, that's uh, of revival proportions. Yes. Yes. Honestly, that's yes. of revival proportions. We just had a baptism. What was our, what was our weekend baptism we did? That wasn't too long ago. No, no, November. You know, yep. you know, four mm -hmm. months ago mm -hmm. or so ago, mm -hmm. and it was a few hundred that. I mean, this is yeah. a really sweet season that we're in right now, and we get to enjoy this. So I know you're going to set us up well for that, so Absolutely. set us up, brother. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. So um, how many people were here this weekend for the kickoff of the Rhythm Series? Most people? Yeah? Man, everybody's talking about the punch. If you were here, Brian talked about the fact we, we need rhythms in our life because for, for as big as your mission is, you need to have a big backswing. And he did this golf punch. But he gave this great um, golf swing, but he gave this great example of if you're punching, you have no power if this is what you do with the punch. I can't even do it like him, but everybody's talking about the punch. It was a great picture of why we need rhythms. And tonight, we are really engaging in two community rhythms that Jesus instituted for his body for the church as a way for us to have a backswing to remember what it is that he has done for us as we move into representing Jesus in the world. That's what communion and that's what baptism absolutely is. And I came across this quote by John Calvin. Um, he wrote this in probably the 1600s, so it doesn't read like modern English for us necessarily. But this is what he said about these sacraments is what they're called. He says, wherever we find the word of God surely preached and heard and the sacraments, which is what baptism and communion are, administered according to the institution of Christ, there it is not to be doubted is a church of God. And what he's saying there is, there is there are these rhythms that kind of define who we are as followers of Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you're considering what it means to follow Jesus, these are institutions that have been a part of the church ever since Jesus came, and they're meant to define for us what it means to follow him. I like to think about the sacraments as realities that are laced with the invisible qualities of God. Realities that are laced with these invisible realities of God. We don't necessarily connect um, to the visible God, but his presence is seen in these realities. It's really cool. And they both have a paradox. And really briefly, I just want to set us up to kind of engage tonight, whether you're being baptized like the 80 folks are or if you're going to be here celebrating that. This paradox that in the Bible and because of the story of God, new life comes through death. New life comes through through death. And we see this paradoxical thing in both baptism and communion of new life coming from death. Only God would create an institution for his people that is both a birthday and a funeral in one. And that's exactly what baptism is. Listen to what it says in Titus chapter 3. It says, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. This idea of water is washing. This idea that there's something that's been poured out on us is captured beautifully. 
people go under the water and they come up wet. They come up wet. And this word regeneration is really about a new birth. There is a new birth that God sparks in every person who follows Jesus. And it's actually the first work he does in your life. And I believe you don't choose God. God actually initiates this thing. And he does something in you. He brings you alive. There's a new birth that he creates. And so tonight, as 80 people get baptized, we're celebrating a new birthday for them. A birthday that's already happened, but this is their birthday party. We're celebrating that there is a new birth. There's been a washing. There's been a renewing that has happened to them. But it is also a funeral. Let's be clear. These people are dead to something that was keeping them in bondage. And tonight, they're celebrating that as well. In Romans 6, 3, it says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And so not only do we celebrate this birthday, but we also celebrate that there is a funeral happening, that these folks are dying to an old life, and they're walking in a newness of life. You know, one of the things I've encouraged the, um, the people who are going to be baptizing to do is to hold you guys under the water just a little bit longer than is comfortable. No, I'm just playing. I'm not going to do that. But, <laughs> but there is something about going under the water that definitely symbolizes death. I really did not tell them to do that. Please don't freak out. I didn't tell them to do that. I told you guys we're family, though, so we got some family jokes. Um, and and that's, that's a powerful thing we get to see in, in baptism. So tonight, as we see people coming up, they are making a declaration that they have been born again. They have received a new birth, and they're dying. They're dying to this life of imprisonment. And, you know, the other symbolism, the other celebration that God gave us, that Jesus instituted, is communion. And communion also is a symbol of the fact that death leads to new life. Romans 6.6 6 continues to say this. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Love that. One who has died has been set free from sin. As we enter this newness of life, if we die to this old life, new life also brings freedom. New life brings freedom. And so tonight, we're celebrating freedom. We're celebrating the fact that people have been set free. And for those of us who perhaps have been baptized already or received Christ already, um, oftentimes we talk about this idea of baptism being like a wedding ring. You know, this wedding ring on my finger is a reminder that I have entered into a different life. There is a different life, and I can no longer go back to the life I had before I was married because I have entered into a covenant, a life-giving, celebrating covenant with my wife. There's a commitment. There's something new about me, and for all of us who have been in the waters of baptism and tonight, for all of you as you come into the waters of baptism, that's what we're celebrating, that you have a wedding ring. And I'm, I'm reading a book by Billy Graham, and he talks about this idea of receiving a new life. And this is what he says. You should no more contemplate returning to your old life than an adult to his childhood, a married man to his bachelorhood, or a discharged prisoner to his prison cell. That you are completely changed. You are completely different. And you do not have to go back to the old life of sin that kept you in bondage. You are free to live a new life. There is a whole life awaiting you because of the choice that God made to choose you, to bring you to new life, and your choice to die to your old life. And tonight, that's what we're celebrating. So it is both happy birthday, and it is also my condolences, but actually, I don't want to give you my condolences. I'm glad your old life is behind, because there is a beautiful new life that you're entering into today. It's awesome. It's awesome. And I told these guys, you got a lot of family here that just wants to celebrate with you. 
just wants to celebrate with you. So what we're going to do tonight as people who are receiving this, engaging in this, is this is going to be an experience of worship for us. It's going to be an experience of remembering for us. And we're going to begin tonight by taking communion. We're going to begin with that sacrament even as we're moving into the sacrament of baptism. So I'm going to invite the communion volunteers to come up now and get to their stations. And we'll have stations along the front of the stage, um, also on the back of the first level and also on the back of the second, um, first balcony as well. So go ahead and get to your stations. And tonight we're going to receive communion as a reminder that our new life has come from, from, from the death of Christ. And so if you're a person who's received Christ, if you're a person who follows Jesus, then tonight as you take communion, just let it be a reminder that this is a new life that you have, and it came, it came through death, and it created freedom for you. And also tonight as you celebrate, I want to I encourage you, even as you're watching all of these people get baptized, and we're going to be clapping and cheering, there's going to be stories shared, I also want you to contemplate something. If you've been through these waters of baptism, maybe you're somewhat removed from that, contemplate this question. Are you living in the power of this new life that God has for you? Or have there been parts of you that have wanted to try to go back to an old life of death and bondage? And I don't know what that looks like for all of us, but I would just encourage us tonight to take hold once again to this incredible gift that God has given us to live and walk in newness of life as we celebrate and as we contemplate tonight what God has done. So, God, I'm just praying that as we experience these mysteries, these sacraments of both communion and baptism in the same night, um, that they would serve as markers of celebration of your grace. Certainly for the folks getting baptized tonight, as they come up and um, take communion and experience communion, um, God, I just pray that it would just have a, a freshness to it for them. And God, also as they get in the waters tonight, and they declare that they are dead to their old self and they're alive in Christ, I pray that that would just be a beautiful marker for them, a ceiling, a wedding ring for them. And God, for those of us who are here who are going to be observing that, watching that, celebrating that, singing along as, as we hear stories and just thanking you for what you've done in our lives, I just pray that you would make this fresh for us tonight, that we would experience your invisible presence through these sacraments tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.